It's a play-in beatdown by the Hawks. It's, it's fun putting on a show and then coming out to win is the most important thing now. Uh, it was really exciting. Uh, I felt the energy and uh, we took care of business. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC, and we are actually recording this from the Hawks press conference room um, right after the number nine seed Hawks really kind of pulverized the number 10 seed, uh, Charlotte Hornets, 132 to 103. Uh, But the Hawks need one more win, this one Friday in Cleveland, if they want to actually get that official number eight seed in the East. We'll talk a 42-24 third quarter, really dominant. We will talk some great performances, great stuff from DeAndre Hunter, uh, Clint Capella, um, a lot to get into, a lot to dissect. And coming up, I'll also bring in columnist and my coworker Michael Cunningham, who used to cover the team and is still super plugged in. So a lot to talk about, a lot to digest, and also a lot to preview. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Okay, I am going to bring in Michael Cunningham. Michael, thank you so much for staying until after midnight (laughs) to record this podcast with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, it kind of takes me back to my Hawks beat writer days. (laughs) <laughs> Except the arena is much nicer now. Yeah, they. I, I heard they did some stuff around yeah. here. Um, okay, so I got to get just your initial reaction to this win. Um, I think that for me coming into this game, I kind of thought, and on paper, that the Hawks were the better team. Obviously, two elite offenses. But I didn't really know what to, to think of how they would do necessarily – how they would close, you know, this game, but it didn't even come to that because the four, the third quarter was so insane. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the the stats guy thing, right? The best way to avoid close losses to not have any close games. Like you just the best teams have the biggest margin. That's what the Hawks did tonight. They uh, I was not expecting this. I don't think too many people were expecting a pretty much a thirty point victory. Uh, I thought the Hornets would be able to get out and run a little bit more, but the Hawks only had. 10 turnovers, I think. Trey only had three. So the Hornets didn't get many chances. They tried to run off live ball rebounds, but the uh, Hawks did pretty good of getting back and kind of building the wall and made, made the Hornets actually take a lot of threes on um, in transition, and the Hornets couldn't make them, and uh, they got blown out. 
So let's run through a few stats for, for the folks here. Um, so Trey Young, 24 points, 11 assists, um, 8 for 24 from the floor, 1 for 7 from 3. So this was not a good you know, shooting game for him. But it didn't necessarily need to be. The, the Hornets were really trying to take the ball out of his hands. This is the same thing they did you know, last time. That, that like, They're trying to take the ball, trying to trap, trying to take the ball out of his hands. But then you know, he's able to get off the ball, and also you're attracting so much attention that someone's open yeah created a lot of like a lot of open threes off those actions of when they were trapping him um he did a good job of passing it to the to the open guy and that guy did a good job of reversing the ball to the other side and it just opened up so much space on the court for people other than trey you know that was my column is that you kind of gotta he makes you make some tough choices like do you let him go off as a score and try to you know, contain everybody else, or do you do what the Hornets did? Was like we're just we're not gonna make somebody else beat them, beat us, and um, the Hawks did it. I mean, all the guys. I mean, with four guys with I think thirteen or more points, mm-hmm. five other guys with thirteen mm-hmm. or more points. So mm-hmm. it's like they they spread it around. It was just a excellent offensive performance by the Hawks and the defense. I thought early in the game the Hornets um, missed some shots in the paint. You know, some looked like the Hawks were kind of playing more of a drop coverage and letting you say. You know, letting um, Ball and Rozier see if they can make those floaters, and they really weren't making them. And then once the Hawks started making some shots, it kind of snowballed, and then the Hornets really couldn't do anything that they wanted to do. And it was a very impressive victory by the Hawks, very impressive. So talking about the defense a little bit since you brought that up, um, the Hawks were – they won the third quarter. They were up eight at halftime, mm-hmm. and which felt like almost a little bit less than it should have been. Like the margin felt like it should have been bigger because they still controlled the game in the first half. Up eight at halftime, and then they won the third quarter, forty-two to twenty-four. So you lead by twenty-six going into the fourth quarter. So anyway, Hawks were absolutely dominant in the third, and here's Coach Nate McMillan explaining why. We established our defense. You know, I, I was really uh, happy with the way we established our defense in the first quarter. At uh, the third quarter, uh, did a good job. Helped them to uh, twenty-three. Uh, in that first and 24 in the third. And, um, you know, that's what we need to do. Establish our defense, rebound the basketball. We was able to get out into transition. Uh, We had good ball movement. Uh, But I thought our guys were solid uh, really all night long. We're getting stops, a lot of stops in a row, and then being able to uh, run the fast break and score offensively. But, like I said, our defense was the key. So that was also... Danilo Gallinari talking about the third quarter there. Let me read some numbers from the third quarter, which honestly, I just did not expect to be. I I think I did expect the Hawks to win because they've been so dominant at home. Now they are actually, they've won 20 of their last 23 at home. We will talk about the road, though, because their road record is, is, is not as good as that at all. Um, so we'll get to that later on. Um, but, yeah, so that's Gallo talking about the, how the third quarter was so key. And in the third, the Hawks shot 66.7% from the floor. Three for six uh, from three. So 50% there doing that little simple math. Seven for nine from the line. Ten assists, zero turnovers, which I think, honestly – and a couple of the guys talked about this after the game. Charlotte is so fast. It, you know, they're one of the fastest-paced teams in the league. And they dominate in transition partially because when they get hot and they start speeding the game up, they start speeding their opponent up, a lot of times it's because they're taking, they're 
taking advantage of silly little turnovers. You know, it's not just misses. It's also those, those mistakes that get him going the other way. Right. And the Hawks just didn't really give him any, especially in that, uh, third quarter, zero turnovers and zero fast break points. There you go. Um, and only 11 fast break points the whole night for Charlotte. Yeah, and I mean, the Hawks have been a pretty good half-court defensive team for the second half of the season. Not good exactly, but, you know, pretty average, which is good enough for them because they're so good offensively. And that's what they did tonight. Like, they kept the Hornets in the half-court, and they were pretty good in the half-court, especially in that third quarter in the second half. And um, that's how they, they pulled away. Um, that's going to be the Hawks, right, is – their formula is great offense and good enough defense. That's kind of how they made their run last year, and that's what we saw last night. And that's obviously an excellent sign for them as they go up here to, to Cleveland on the road. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of always the thing with the Hawks is that they're so elite offensively. And obviously you're going to be – any team with Trey Young, you know, as your floor journal is going to be so elite offensively um, because, I mean, he's – one of the best playmakers in the league, obviously a great shooter, having a career year from three also. Um, if you can just be good enough defensively, like last year they were under they were under league average, but they were so elite offensively it didn't matter. That's one of the reasons why they were able to make uh, go on that run. I think Clint Capella is starting to look more and more like the Superman he was for the Hawks last year. But also I think we got to talk about DeAndre Hunter, who had – it was he was at three points at halftime. And it, I mean, it, it was kind of looking like it was going to be sort of a clunker of a game for him. Like he was, I mean, we were talking about, we, me and Michael were sitting next to each other um, for this game and we were, we were kind of just going through, you know, DeAndre Hunter's, he looked like he was like rushing into some of that mid range stuff. And that was a big thing. The Hawks as a whole were doing the first like half of the season. Mm -hmm. That was one of the big storylines is those sort of it seemed like kind of ru just not the shots you want, you know, yeah. the, those rushed mid ranges, but he settled down big time in the third, had 16 points in the third quarter alone. And really the Hawks were leading at halftime. I'm not saying they were like down and, Oh, he got them in it, but they pulled away big time because of him. And then he finished with 22 points, seven rebounds, which I do think that's notable because he's not really known for rebounding well. So that's, that's good. And two assists. Um, but what did you see from him? Yeah, we saw for him tonight what we saw late last season is him being aggressive. Uh, he's a big, strong dude, you know, who can take contact and get to the rim. Um, he was tentative in the first half. He wasn't really doing that. Uh, I think we started having our conversation when he had a lane on the baseline that he could have drove and he didn't do it. Like they kind of dared him to shoot this little mid-range, and he did. And, and it, he pulled up. Yeah. And he pulled up and he missed it, and he didn't seem confident with it. It's like, why not just go the hole there? You're a big, strong dude. But, yeah, second half uh, – he started going to the hole with the ball. He started cutting to the to the hole without the ball, and, and Trey was finding him, and uh, he just went off in that third quarter. And, I mean, that's the price that the Hornets paid, right? Like, all right, we're going to let Trey give it the ball. Okay, well, here's DeAndre Hunter, you know. In the second half, in the first half, it was all the other guys. It was uh, Gallo and Capella and, and Herter. It's like when the Hawks are playing that way and sharing the ball, moving the ball, and, and making shots and keeping you out of transition, that's the formula right there. That's – you know, take that to Cleveland. <laughs> right. Right. No, seriously. Um, so here I actually asked DeAndre Hunter about his game, and here's what he said. I mean, I had some open looks. Uh, Trey found me on a few cuts. Uh, and overall, I was just being aggressive. Just, you know, I wasn't making my jumpers. So I had time. I just let him attack the basket. I thought he stayed with it. You know, he missed a couple uh, open looks in that first uh, first half. And, you know, what we've talked about with our guys, don't worry about 
uh, the first half when you uh, you miss a shot or two. Uh, find a way to get that rhythm, and he stayed with it. Uh, he was able to uh, get an easy basket, and he knocked down uh, the rest of his shots. Uh, so a good job of uh, just staying with it. I thought defensively he did a real solid job on Bridges. Uh, you know, he was a key uh, guy that we wanted to, or we needed to contain and keep the ball uh, in front of us. So that was Hawks coach Nate McMillan talking about DeAndre Hunter's game. Um, I think he, I, I think that's a very encouraging game to see from DeAndre Hunter. It's been an up and down season for him, had wrist surgery a while back, just hasn't looked as, you know, last season he was just looking so amazing handling the ball, you know, and it just looked, it looks it looked like his confidence was growing with that. Even the defense has been a little bit up and down this season, but I don't know, to me, this was really encouraging, especially going against Cleveland. I mean, they're going to need him. Yeah. I mean, with, with- with Hunter, I didn't – I mean, I didn't like that pick when they made it, I'll be honest. Uh, I didn't like that they traded so much to move up to get him. I'm thinking – because I'm thinking about what he was at Virginia, right? I'm like, eh, he might be a 3-and-D guy. You don't do all that for a 3-and-D guy. But then he got with the Hawks, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. He started, he showed that he had more off the dribble game than he showed at Virginia. He showed that and, a ton last year. I mean, yeah. he was just taking guys on one-on-one. Yeah, very impressive the way he just was creating space with his body and making, you know, these little – eight, ten footers, I mean, that's if you, that's your go-to move. That's good, especially for the playoffs where everything slows down and a lot of times you just got to go ISO. Um, then he had all, you know, all the injury problems and he, and he came back last year and he, he looked good again. And this year, like you said, he's been up and down. So, yeah, that's a, very encouraging for the Hawks to see him do that tonight because um, that's the kind of game they needed. They needed somebody, you know, off the ball from trade to, to make something happen themselves. And he did that tonight and that's, yeah, I agree with you. Very encouraging as they go to Cleveland. I think they. I think the Hawks could definitely need, could definitely use more of DeAndre Hunter creating his own shot. You know, yeah. like Trey is so good at setting everybody up, and he's going to do that all all day long. You know, that's just a big part of what he does. But DeAndre Hunter getting to his own shot is huge. Um, so coming into this game, um, both of these teams, good three point shooting teams. The Hawks are second in the league in three-point percentage behind, behind the Miami Heat, who's obviously the team they would face if they were to beat Cleveland. They would be the eight seed, and they would face the number one seed, Miami Heat. Um, so the Hawks are 37, 37.4% from three uh, on the season. Hornets are number six, 36.5. I mean, those are obviously pretty close numbers. Um, but I feel like the Hawks, as the Hornets tried to really trap, and as they sent two guys at Trey it sort of opened up everybody else. The Hawks ended up, they made 16 threes in this game. They shot 50% from three, 16 for 32. Uh, They shot 52.1% from the floor. Hornets shot 37.8% and 31.7% from three, so 13 for 41. I don't know. What did you think of the way the Hawks were spaced tonight and how things sort of opened up? Because like you mentioned before, like if you send all that attention to Trey, you know, yeah. somebody, somebody's open, as the math would suggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And give Trey credit for that, too, right? There's sure. been times this season where he didn't handle all this quite so well as, as he did last year. Um, so give him credit for, you know, being willing to do that. But, yeah, I agree. There was space all over the place because Charlotte was scrambling. I mean. There were so many open threes. <laughs> like, to start the game, I was like, is every single three going to be, like, open? Like, not just open, but just, like, a guy just standing at the three-point line waiting in the ball. Like, you see the whole thing happening, you know. it's like We didn't see that many shoulder shimmies tonight. Normally, <laughs> we normally we'd see more shoulder shimmies. Yeah, but there was there was so much space. There was so much time to shoot. And, I mean, that's 
like I said, that's that's the choice that Charlotte made. Like I get it. You gotta I think go one way or the other, but man, it did not work tonight. No, it did not. So let's go to Trey on attacking the double team. Teams are gonna um face guard me or uh trap me. It's 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 my job to make the right play and, and then it's my teammates' job to to finish and make the aggressive play and and stay aggressive when they get it. So um, that's really what we did in the first half. They were trapping, and we were throwing. I was throwing to Clint, and uh, I was throwing to Kevin, and then they were making the right play, and everybody was just aggressive. And then when you do that, it's, it's hard for a team to stay like that, especially with our shooters uh, knocking down threes. It, it uh, makes it tough for them. I thought he did a real solid job of getting off the ball when uh, they put two on him, and he got his teammates involved. Uh, you know, I thought later in the game uh, they went away from that, and uh, he was able to uh, get loose and, and and get some looks at the basket. But real solid job by Trey of running the team, managing uh, you know those guys on the offensive end of the floor. I mean, I I think that that's a really good point. Is that the Hornets ended up kind of going away from that because yeah. it wasn't working? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. That's the other side of it. Like, he's, he's just such a good point guard. Like, when he's in control like it is tonight, it's so fun to watch. Like, you know, they zig, he zags. Like, yeah, they, they had to back off of that because he was killing them. Just, he was willing to give up the ball. And I, I think that's a a good sign of his growth. I mean, he had a quote tonight where he said, I thought it was a sign of his maturity. He was like, it's not fun. It's not fun for me when mm-hmm. they, like, I'm not going to really get to play basketball. Everybody knows that Trey's a showman. He likes to go out there and put on a show. And he couldn't do it because they weren't letting him. So that was a good sign of maturity for him to say, all right, we got to, obviously this is a winner go home. I got to do what I got to do. Uh, and we saw that from him last year in the playoffs during the run too. So, I mean, it's just one game, so you don't want to get ahead of yourself. We wasn't long ago we seen the Hawks have some bad games. You know, mm-hmm. they. Oh, we'll get been, to that. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> they've been known to throw in some clunkers right when you think they turn it around, they throw in some clunkers. But. Mm-hmm. Man, and you see what they did tonight. You start thinking about the possibilities. It's like, all right, if they if they play like this, it, it, it's on for the Hawks. So, um, yeah, really great. Uh, thought Nate's comments about the way Trey controlled the game was really on point. Like that's that's what he did tonight. Like he he had a great feel for the game. He didn't force much. Maybe there were a couple bad shots in here there, but I mean it's Trey Young. You live with that, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, he's gonna he's gonna make more than he misses. Usually not tonight, but tonight. He knew what he had to do, and, and he did it. It was, uh, it, was, it was good to see. It was kind of funny. You saw sort of both. You saw of the approach that teams take against Trey Young, you kind of saw both tonight. You saw yeah. in the first half, you saw them trap, double team, like, okay, we're not going to let this guy even zone. catch the ball. Yes. Zone to keep him out of lane. Yeah. And then, and it, but, you know, the Hawks were still up by eight, so that wasn't really working. And then, then in the second half, you saw them go away, away from that, and then he had 14 points in the third quarter right. and was part of the barrage that got them going. So neither of those really worked. I agree with you. I thought it was a very mature comment, and it kind of echoed what he said after their final regular season. The Hawks split the, se- the series with the Hornets 2-2 in the regular season, and after their that fourth game was a loss, and that was the one where it was you know tied with five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was an ugly one of those clunkers you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. It was definitely an ugly loss, and Charlotte did the same thing. They, they showed that in that game, is that this is what we're going to do to try to take Trey Young out of it. And after the mm-hmm. game, I remember, and Char- I remember him saying, you know, you don't really – you don't love that. You, like, you want to be able to, you know, play. Like, you want to be able to play basketball. He kind of said the same thing that he said tonight. 
But then tonight he was like, you know, I embrace that. I have to embrace it, he said, because teams are going to do that. And that means that everyone else on my team can take advantage of it. Yeah, and I think a game like this tonight helps him too, right? Because he can see the outcome that when he does do this. Yeah, you won by 30. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, sure, it wasn't fun have to get the ball up but looks what happened look what happened when I did I got their whole defense scrambling I got you know two three guys running after me and we get like you said a guy standing at the three-point line wide open waiting just sitting there waiting for the pass here it comes I shoot it and they made a lot of them tonight so very good game by Trey and uh, another sign of his growth um, as he you know develops into from all-star to probably all NBA Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to Clint Capella, who I think has been really, really they're so pivotal for them when it comes to how they finish the season strong. Um, so 15 points tonight, 17 rebounds, easily, easily a game 13 high. 13 defensive rebounds. 13, de- yep. Um, three assists. Pass, Clint Capella passing the ball there. Three assists. Two steals. Two steals, uh, three block shots. Is this fun if I just read the box score for everybody? <laughs> That's three. entertainment. Yeah, this is why you don't look it up. Just listen to me read it. Um, three. It's late, three. y'all. Yeah, it's okay. It's like literally 1 a.m. Um, three blocked shots for Clint. But you could really see uh, Nate McMillan always describes Clint as the anchor. And I mean, obviously, he's the center, he's the back line of defense. I, th- I think people on, on, honestly kind of underestimate how much Clint Capella cleans up for the Hawks in the paint and at the rim. Mm -hmm. But I think now you're starting to see, and some of it I think is just him getting healthier. But what did you, well, what did you see from him tonight? And what do the Hawks need from Clint to do what they want to do here? Yeah. um, I think I mentioned earlier that they were kind of playing a a drop early, but Clint is so good that he can kind of play that and still kind of bother the ball handler. I I felt like, um, that happened a couple of times when LaMelo and uh, Rozier came off, came off the screen and he was kind of playing a drop, but he also was able to get a little bit of a, a challenge on him and also collect the defensive rebounds. And this is what we saw from a uh, compeller last year when he was feeling right. Like he's, he's got that such a um, quick jumper and a quick second jump that he's one of the fastest centers. You, you, yeah. you forget that. And then you see him sprint, you know, <laughs> yeah, down court he, and you're like, Oh wow. He's fast. Uh, he's a quick jumper. And uh, he did he did a good job tonight of, of of protecting the rim and rebounding defensively. And uh, yeah, I agree with you that it's, it's key that he seems to be looking right. I, I thought during the season he probably could have used a few days off, and they did eventually. Um, I think you know give him a, give him a little bit of time to mend he, up. He was he, he was on and off the injury report for a little while there. Yeah, yeah, and you could you could just see he didn't have the same bounce, but uh, he didn't have the same burst. Yeah, and it just wasn't he just wasn't looking like his himself. Yeah, and this whole thing doesn't work without him as as uh, McMillan says as the anchor um but he was that tonight and he also did the other and he had a I mean he had a fantastic game as as we saw as we went through his box score and he just he, he really did a good job of affecting the the Hornets defensively when they did come in the paint and uh he was also you said he, he's a fast center he was also key to, to getting back and uh making it hard on them even when they got the transition I was, there were a couple times a couple of times I remember where he kind of got back into the play a little bit late and altered some shots from them getting uh, the easy fast break points. So great game by Clint. He changes shots even when it's not, you know, like a block, like a loud yeah. block. He changes a lot of shots. And he was six for nine um, shooting. So a good night for him too, just, you know, around the rim. I thought one thing I got a kick out of in tonight's game was like, you know, I think we think of Trey, you know, Trey is such a showman. 
like he, you know, taking a bow, you know, like in Madison Square Garden, like he has so much fun with it and he loves that entertainment aspect of it. And he's talked about that. Like, obviously you want to win the game, but you want to have fun doing it. Like he nutmegs guys. I don't know if Clint gets enough credit for being the showman that he is. (laughs) Like he has his like CC celebration and he was like getting the crowd into it, like pounding his chest. I don't know. To me, I had this, I had a moment when he was like doing the pounding chest thing. Like I was like, that is what the Hawks were doing stuff like that. Like every quarter last year, that was what they were. They, they weren't, you know, they weren't perfect on defense. They obviously, you know, outshot what everybody thought would happen, you know, in terms of how far they would go. I mean, they knocked off the one seed, like all this crazy stuff. But just like this, they just dripped attitude is what was so big. And I think as you're seeing Clint start to not come into his own because it's like it's not the first time that's happened. He's a vet. He's a vet, but as as you see him start to get back to his old self, you see him doing that stuff that he was doing when he was being, you know, Superman last year, like having fun with it because, I mean, he's excelling, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's, that's that's a good point, too. Um, he's, he's a good anchor to have back there, and you're right. He, he's got a little personality. He's a, he's a funny guy, um, but him, uh, Hunter, Gallo was good tonight, too. Um, when you get the other the Hawks other than Young playing like this I mean they're very tough to beat that's what we saw last year and um you know it was it was it was fun to see it tonight in front of the home fans now they just gotta take down the road where you where you mentioned they haven't been as good this year this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution hip-hop is a product of black people it's a product of black song and celebration the Atlanta Journal Constitution presents hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com because it is what makes all this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber... You can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Okay, Michael. So before we move on to talking about Cleveland, I'm going to do everyone's favorite activity, read box scores real quick because this was a really good team game and I just want to make sure we squeak this in there. Danilo Gallinari, 18 points. Obviously, we mentioned DeAndre Hunter, 22 points, seven rebounds. Uh, Kevin Herter was three for four from three, 13 points. We talked about Clint Capella, Bogey, 13 points. Um, and I think that, I mean, I think obviously Bogey's been so pivotal um, to the bench unit having success, but I think it was, a, it was a pretty balanced game, honestly, for the Hawks. And now we move on to another game that the, another, you know, win or go home situation for the Hawks. And because they are a 9 10, They've made it tough on themselves, and now you got to go get a road win. You've really been struggling on the road big time. The Hawks are 16-25 and 25 on the road this season. 27-14 and 14 at home, so that's a split. Um, that's, that's big right there. 
So how do you feel about going to Cleveland, which I, you know, so obviously if they were a seven or an eight, you only had to win one. Brooklyn already did that, beating the Cavs, who are shorthanded. We don't know what's going to happen with Jared Allen. We'll have to see. Um, but now the Hawks, they picked up win one. They got to go get win two if possible. What do you see for that game? Yeah, I mean, Cleveland is a much better defensive team than Charlotte. Got a lot more size. It's going to be a different style type game. They're probably going to try to grind with the Hawks. Um, if Allen's out, that's obviously a, a big loss for Cleveland. Um, they got some a couple other good bigs. They got with Mobley, Markinen, and Love. But Allen is kind of the, the, the tough guy, the inside guy, right? Um, they, they really need him. If they don't have him, um, I mean – doesn't that give the Hawks kind of the advantage on bigs with Capella and um, Gallo and and Nkongwu? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I mean, you you sure wish you'd have John, though. You sure yeah. wish you had John Collins, who um, was ruled out for this game. Y'all know this, but I'll I'll repeat it. Um, he has a right foot strain with a plantar fascia tear, and then a right ring finger sprain. Um, still wrapping that hand. Last time I saw him shoot. Um, so we'll see for that game would be Hawks-Cavs will be Friday in Cleveland. Um, so we're recording this when, nope, Thursday. It's going to come out <laughs> Thursday morning, bright and early for y'all. Um, so the Hawks will practice Thursday and then um, head and then fly to, fly to Cleveland. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cleveland is a team that's got a lot of size. I mean, obviously we've talked about, you know, Jared Allen's a question mark there. Um, the Hawks have a question mark in their own, and, and John, I mean, I, I don't think he'll be – this is my opinion. I don't think he'll be ready to go by Friday. I mean, we'll see, you know, as the injury reports continue to come out. But that is – I feel like we should touch on, I mean, not having John, especially – Clint's starting to rebound like his, you know, Clint Capella. I mean, he led the league in rebounding last year, but that has been a struggle for the Hawks a, a bit this season. Less so the final third, maybe, as Clint starts to get back to his old self. I mean, 17 rebounds tonight. But when it comes to rebounding, when it comes to crashing the glass, when it comes to, you know, having another another role guy, um, when it comes to just the energy John Collins brings, that does, you, do, you, you would want that size. You would want another, like, energetic big going up against a, a – that Cleveland team. Yeah, and I think we we talked earlier about, you know, John gives the Hawks their athleticism. He's probably their their most athletic guy. He's, oh yeah, we were talking about that during the game. We were going yeah. through we were going through one through five and saying who at what at what positions do the Hawks have like that athletic guy, like that the athlete basically. Relatively speaking. Yeah, it's, it's the NBA. They're all great athletes, but relatively speaking. Well, yeah. grad day, yeah. I mean, <laughs> compared to the average person, I think they can all take us. <laughs> like compared to <laughs> compared yeah. to fellow NBA players. Yeah. Yeah, they could they could definitely this would the, that this would be a game they could use Collins. Um I agree. I don't I don't see how he's gonna come back and get right in the game like that. He was well I think Played some four on four. I think they said that over the weekend. He played four on four. Yeah, which yeah. is I mean, and he came out. Uh, he came out okay from that. I think. Yeah. I think a big concern probably is with with big men and like foot injuries. But I mean, mm. his, his his hand is also you know you can't. How do you shoot? Yeah. But with big men and foot injuries, you know the chance of him coming down bad on it in a game because he's got he's going to come down with such force you could re injure it. You know. Yeah, Jared Allen's got a hand too, right? We got two big men with bad hands <laughs> that's kind of weird but um obviously they could use him in this game because uh even without Allen, um the Cavs have a lot of size but uh Cleveland's gonna have to score who's gonna 
if, if the I mean if the Hawks shoot like they did tonight, obviously probably not going to beat them. But who's if if they have to score a lot of points, who's who's going to do that for Cleveland? I, Darius I Garland played well against Brooklyn. Darius yeah. Garland kept him going. And they actually, I, you know, I watched that game. They they didn't give in. We were talking about that tonight. Like they the, had the Cavs. Fight. They yeah, the Cavs are the fight. kind of team that don't give in. But that was before we saw the Hawks tonight. Usually their kind of trend is come out of halftime and they'll get a lead kind of give it right back and now they're in a the game they didn't do that tonight they, they they buried the hornets so that that's a good sign from that perspective that they're going to the cleveland play a team that doesn't quit and the hawks show tonight that they will keep going once they get a lead well you know clint actually i asked him about that and he actually mentioned like we know that the third quarter is when teams try to come out and get us back yeah and so we knew we had to stay aggressive. And I, I really, Clint, I, I really enjoy covering Clint because he, his candor is pretty impressive sometimes. <laughs> like he's like, we knew, we know that's when teams come and get us back. We don't want a Swiss it. thing. Yeah, we didn't. I don't know. <laughs> like, I we know some Europeans. They all they do tend to be blunt. Uh, yeah, you know, Bogey's yeah. pretty blunt too. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. but both of, man, both of those guys are great interviews. But anyway. So it's going to be another must-win game, and um, Trey Young talked a little bit about just the, the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. We're going up to a, I mean, a city and a team that's been playing really well all year, and uh, we just got to be, we got to be ready to play. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun atmosphere, fun fun game for us, and uh, uh, but we'll be ready. Size factor, um, you know, they do a good job of. Uh, you know, taking advantage of their size, their ability to, uh, you know, pound you in the paint uh, with uh, post-ups, uh, rebounding, and, uh, you know, just a lot of length. You know, Garland is, is, is an all-star, you know, playing great basketball, uh, you know, for them. So, I mean, they, they are a really good team. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have our work cut out uh, uh, for us on Friday. I think one thing to point out, that was Nate McMillan talking about um, the Cavs' size, which we had touched on a little bit too. One thing to point out is, I mean, the Hawks had a lot of success against the Hornets um, tonight, obviously, which is, which is great, and it's a great way to start out. But, you know, you are playing at home. They've been shooting really well at home. Um, like I mentioned, great home record for the final, really the final, you know, second half of the season. So they had a lot of success against the Hornets defense that is 22nd in the league in defensive rating. Hawks are 26th in defensive rating. These are not, these are not defensive teams that, that no. played tonight. So you are going to go up against a, a Cavs team that's fifth in the league in defensive rating. This is not, defensive rating is not the only stat, but for the, for the purpose of not making this podcast an hour and a half long, reading all the stats possible, uh, 108.9 defensive rating for Cleveland. So you are, gonna fa- you are facing a team. It's a different matchup. It's a totally different matchup. The Hawks and Hornets are a little bit more you know, similar, you know, you have the, uh, this dynamic passer, mm-hmm. you have two great offenses, two teams that are not, that do not have a defensive identity for the most part with some mm-hmm. exceptions. Cleveland is different. Cleveland has, a, you're going up against, you know, this is a team that, that plays defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they grittier, more of a defensive team than Charlotte for sure. Uh, different kind of game for the Hawks. I don't suspect that Cleveland will try to play Trey Young the same way that the Hornets did, um, or at least didn't, didn't go won't great. stick yeah. with it for yeah. so long. Uh, I suspect we'll see more of a, a traditional defense against Trey to try to keep everybody else so they don't have guys standing at the three-point line wide open after after he they trap him. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually 
looking now, it looks Cleveland opened as a one and a half point favorite in this game. I think, you know, I'm excited to see that game. I think it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks handle, you know, a little bit of adversity on the road. Um, see how they see how they fare um, in less friendly, you know, <laughs> waters. Give, give me your final thoughts and final predictions going into that game. Well, I hate keep talking about last year for the Hawks. Cause this, well, I've been this doing is... it all season. It's all right. I've been <laughs> well, all year. Everybody, was, everybody kept waiting. When are we going to see last year? So last year, yeah. one thing that they did do last year in the playoff, they were good on the road. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh gosh, yeah. They were great on the gosh, road. Gosh, yeah. Well, they, but they, they loved it. Yeah. They, they, they loved it. Like, and that's a lot of that. I think is Trey. Like yes. Trey thrives yeah. on that. <laughs> he really did. Like he loved it. You yeah, know, I mean, and I think took pride in like going to someone's home court and beating them. Right, so leaning on last year again, if if it's going to be like it was last year, that I expect them to give a good effort. Um, I mean, I think that's a that's point spread. That's about right. These are two pretty evenly matched teams, especially with Cleveland at home. I think it's going to be a close game, and then we'll see, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Hawks having trouble finishing games. Uh, they might have to do it in this one, but, I mean, they should obviously go in very confident after what they did tonight. Um, if they play like this, they win hell they could play not as great as they did tonight and still yeah. win um but uh it's going to be a grittier game they're gonna have to be a little tougher it probably won't be as easy to score as it was tonight you know what i like i like the hawks to win i do okay you heard it here and, first. Oh, and i see now that the, the line changed now the hawks are two-point favorites you'll see uh, the, the betters are agreeing with me ah, that the hawks they are heard undervalued. they heard yeah yeah they saw what happened tonight. they're like what so that's the that's how we're going to close this podcast is we're going to, we're just going to watch this betting line and as it goes up and down we'll relay it for y'all. Um, We've turned into a gambling. Uh, podcast. Yeah, that's all we do. Um, <laughs> man, okay. Well, I got to go pack my suitcase for I don't know how many days that's because right. I'm going to fly to Cleveland tomorrow, and then if they if the Hawks lose, I'm going to have way overpacked. And if they if they win, I will fly from Cleveland straight to Miami, straight and to then Miami. and then I'll be like stretching out my suitcase. <laughs> so like I don't know I don't know what the next few days to week to is check going. Check or not to check? Uh, yeah, you know I'm gonna have to check a bag. I hate checking a bag. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check a bag because I'm just uh, I guess I'm gonna be responsible anyway. All right, so that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Michael. Thank you for having me. This is great. I really really appreciate it. Um, okay, so that. That wraps up today's episode, y'all. Um, obviously a great win for the Hawks. The first of two must-win games that, the, that they've got to get. Um, and, yeah, now going into a hostile environment in Cleveland. So we will see how this goes. Please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. And we will see you later this week on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, racing culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. 
So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.